start today with this simple but incredibly important understanding in relationship to where love comes from and who provides us with that. So let's watch this video. I think it's ready to go about called The One. We speak about this primary element in our lives that we refer to as love. I think we're confused about it. And today what I want to do is I want to help us get a handle on this primary thought of what is love and how it comes about. Many times we think of love in, in family. Think of love in family. Now, I grew up in a very, very dysfunctional family. I totally related with Bill Cosby's kind of joke video when he said, I was eight years old before I figured out that my first name was not Dammit. Okay? That's, that's, that's just how it was. It was just Lee, 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 you know. And I was just, that's how it worked. And I just thought, well, everybody does that. That's how life works. And as I continued to get older, I fell into more and more difficulty and struggle, and I began to follow my parents' model for me, which was an extremely mixed up, messed up, totally not understanding how love fit into a family and how it pulled everything together. I went into the service as a result of a directive from a judge. That gives you an idea of where I was at prior to going into the service. This is back in 1969 when the Vietnam War uh, was still at its peak. So I shifted into the service. I ended up through the hand of God, literally, uh, moved into Germany instead of going to Vietnam, found myself then moved out of that position because I had conned Army Security Agency into believing that I didn't have a record, and they found out, oh, but you did. So they said, okay, and so they switched to another spot. While I was in Würzburg, Germany, uh, serving there, I recognized that there was a way to make money, and that was by selling drugs. That I could get It was a good outside source of, of income. And I began to develop that source of income and built relationships and a variety of other things there. And then finally, one day, a young lady came and shared with me who Jesus was. I rejected that, and about four months later, found myself falling on my knees before a chaplain and being introduced to the one. Never got it before. Finally, I began to understand who is this God-man? Who is this person who can relieve me of the penalty of my sin and remove the guilt that has been destroying me all my life and who could teach me how I could live life? Who was it? And I began then to search into that. I began to study the Word of God. And finally, I remember the special day when I was in the parking lot with a friend and literally a, a movement of, of God's spirit and he spoke to me clearly and I was always wondering what's this father thing and he said I am your father and it was as clear as if Bob here was standing here and talking to me I was like whoa and there's this this wonderful recognition that I've been brought into this fabulous place this family that we refer to as the family of God and from that point on, God began to teach me, and he started teaching me through uh, a special situation in which I was uh, worshiping with a, an entirely uh, African-American, we called them, uh, well, I won't tell you what we called them, but they were African-American people, and it was all African-American, me and my buddy, and we were there, and it was an incredible service, and the Spirit of God fell upon me. And up to that point in time, I was very prejudiced towards people of any color other than white. If you weren't white, then I was prejudiced about you. And I had all kinds of things to say about you. And as I was in that church, it was, it was a kind of a little frightening because I walked in and I knew God and that all these 
black people and they were worshiping this God that I had come to know. And they shared and they sang and they talked. And, and I was like, what's going on here? And then we prayed and the pastor came and, you know, you kind of stand out, right? So he walks right to me, to the back and laid hands on me and started praying for me. No one had ever done that before. And as he laid hands and began to pray for me, uh, the Spirit of God literally fell on me. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is happening? And my entire insides changed. And when I stood up crying about five minutes later, saying, enough, God, enough. And I turned and there was this Hope gal, you know, who I love here. Is Hope around here today? Yeah, I saw her yesterday. But so, and she stands up and looks at me and I looked at her. And for the first time in my life, I recognized that I not only wanted to love this person, but I literally wanted the best for their life. And I loved them without any animosity, without any prejudice. It was this pure, unrecognizable prior to that time, love. And I hugged her and we kind of cried together. And I was going, what happened? What happened? Who am I? And God began to teach me this wondrous, wondrous truth that life is all about learning to love God and then expressing that love that he's given me, that he pours through me into other people's lives. And that journey began that day. Everything changed. And that is what Jesus is talking about over and over and over again when he expresses these two primary laws of relationship. And he says there are two primary laws of relationship. And we've all heard it over and over and over again. But he says, you got to get this. He said the first law of relationship is this. If you want to have true relationships, if you want to be able to love one another with the love of God, then you must first and foremost love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your what? mind or spirit. All that you are must be given over to all that he is. And when you do that, you'll begin to experience, you'll touch that wonderful electrical connection where God will begin to allow you to love others around you. And so Jesus said, and the second law is just like that. And just important, that is that you then choose to love others as you love yourself. And you love yourself because you've encountered the living God and the loving God who changed you. And for the first time in my life, I actually liked Lee. I began to fall in love with Lee. Because God had changed him into somebody who could love other people. And that was the key. Prior to that, I did not love Anybody. I did not love my mother. I did not love my father. I did not love my sister. I didn't love anybody. My love was quid pro quo. You all get that? You understand that? Okay, whatever you give me, I'll give back to you maybe. But that's the only way you get for me if I'm going to get something back. That is it. And that was how life was made up of. And God began to say, Lee, life is about relationships. And until you understand that truth, you will continue to be in this jumbled parody of life that makes no sense. And until you're willing to follow that truth, you will continue to find yourself in this terrible spot of not living life, just existing. 
You see, God tells us over and over again that loving relationships are a result of an encounter with God, not a requirement of an encounter with God. I, I really want you to get that. The first thing that happened to me, I, I tell you that story because I want you to understand, it was not that I did all these things to show my love. It was a, a change of heart that God gave me. He enabled me then to begin to love others. And that's what happens to each one of you when you encounter the living God. But you have a choice at that point in time. You could have stood up and looked at that girl and said, I refuse to respond to this. It is too frightening. It is too scary. And I'm not going to do it. And turn your back. And if you do that, then you will miss out on all that God intends for you and desires for you. No matter who you do it to, if you do that, you'll miss out on everything that God entires for you. Because loving relationships have to be active, not passive. And that's the second law. So the first law is that loving relationships are a result of an encounter with God, not a requirement. And the second law is that loving relationships have to be active, never passive. If you want your life to count, you have to focus. You don't have time to do everything. You will never get everything done that you want to do and not everything is of equal value. And Jesus said the most important thing in your life is that you learn to love who? Who? God. And then that you learn to love who? Others as yourself. And that is the most, that is what life is all around. It's all about relationships. And so God is speaking to each one of you today and he's saying some simple truths in all the languages of love. He's saying, I love you and I want you to experience that love in your life. And I want you to release that love to people around you. And if you do that, if you experience that relationship with me and choose to have relationships with others, your life will have powerful, powerful being. Because we're all connected. Whether we recognize it or not, we're all connected one to another. Now, he talks about the church and he says this about the church. He says, Christ made us one body. Now, who made us one body? Christ. So Jesus, again, you've seen this thing, result. Jesus made us one body and individuals who are connected one to another. Do we have that verse there, Dave? Read that with me, will you? Christ makes us one body and individuals who are connected to each other. Now, you may resist that connection, but it's still there. God said, I have connected you. You are a living Lego, is the way my kids would say it. You know, you're a living Lego. You have all these connecting spots. And God is saying, you're connected here, you're connected there, you're connected here, you're connected there. And that's what's happened to you when you came to know Jesus. He gave you this wonderful opportunity to get connected. So you're connected with God, and then you become connected one with another. I will fit you, and I'll continue to fit you. And as you grow and mature, I'll give you more and 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 more connections. And you'll find yourself with all these wondrous people, boy, I have a lot of you here, whom you love and you are connected to. And that is what life is all about. That's why we say the vision of this church is to love people and to lead them into a personal and passionate and productive relationship with Jesus. Because when you find that and you have that relationship with God, when Jesus begins to connect you totally with him, you will find yourself connected one with another. You won't have any choice. You have to. You will have to reject it. And God will speak to you and say over and over again, you need to do this. And you'll try to resist it. Well, you know what that costs? And he says, I understand. That's what makes life work. 
So turn to the person next to you and say this, we're connected. Okay, now, I could have made you get up, walk all the way down the aisle. I'm not going to do that. But you get in the idea. You begin to understand. Now, some of you say, ah, this is my wife. This is my husband. This is my child. This is my friend. Yeah, we're connected. That's why we're sitting next to one another. But you see, the connection goes even farther than that. But that is a peculiar connection that God wants you to have and to express in a very, very powerful way. That when we connect with people... We're connecting with God once again. That life is not about acquisition. It's not about how much I get. It's not about accomplishment, how much I do. It's not about achievement, how much I earn. It's not about all the other things in life that you've been told about over and over again. Life is about relationships that God will put you into and connect you with. And your responsibility is to love those people in the connections that he puts you in with and to do everything in your power to allow those relationships to grow and become stronger and stronger. So life is about learning how to develop and keep relationships. Some of you here, you're going, man, I start walking back a little bit and I realize that almost all Newport, uh, Costa Mesa, sorry about that, Boston, Oh, yeah, come on. You don't love them. You're just using the word. But God says you don't just use words. Love validates who you are if you've been brought into the family. And that expression of love declares whether or not you are part of that family. It validates your life. It is your pin. It is your code. The code of Jesus was simple. It's John 3.16. Plug it in. Yep. God loves you. Gave his life. Sacrifice everything. Provide your forgiveness of your sins. Enables you to love other people as you respond to him. Frees you from the guilt of your sin and gives you the power and the ability to choose otherwise. Your call. Your call. That is the cry of God. That's the cry of Jesus. Our pen code is simple. It's simple. If you love God and you love others, then you're in. If you can't, then you better start praying. You better seek God's face. You better get down on your knees and cry out. Because if you don't get there, you're going to be left here. God desperately wants to give that gift to you, but you have to take it. And if you've chosen not to take the gift, then you're going to be left out. Your life will never be validated unless you choose to love. Secondly, love integrates my life. It integrates my life. The Scripture says love is more important than anything else. It's what ties everything else together. It integrates my life. Love becomes the dominant life principle by which my church life, my work life, my sex life, my friend life... My whole life is dominated by. Every other part of my life is integrated or connected by love. You have to have something at the core of your life. If you don't, then you'll find yourself falling apart. And God said that that ties us together is love itself. Love of God, love from God, love towards others. He says this is the key principle. It's the core of your entire life. And you must grab a hold of that. Since God chose you to be the holy people whom he loves, you must clothe yourself. You've got to put on the clothes. With tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, you must make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive the person who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And the most important piece of clothing you must wear is love, 
And then the scripture you have in front of you in your outline, love is what binds us all together in perfect harmony. Love keeps us together. The captain and Tennille were right. <laughs> love is what keeps us together. It's not money. It's not compatibility. It is a commitment to and an awareness of love. If you want to stay together, then you have to have love to be the primary element in your life. It must be the trump card of everything. Scientists recently were reminded again, and in terms of our atom structure, we have what's called the God quark, is what they call it, the God quark. And this particular quark is what holds the atom together. I'm not sure why or how or whatever, but it holds it all together. And Scripture tells us that Jesus is that God quark, but he tells us that in our relationship, love is the God quark in our life that ties everything else together. And that if you don't choose to allow that to be, dealing with the fear and the consequences and the struggle of loving, then you will not keep your act together. You will begin to fall apart. Everyone builds their life around something. It can be money. It can be retirement. It can be becoming popular. It can be success. It can be some kind of hobby. It can be sports. It can be whatever. And God is saying, don't let those things be the dominant principle of your life. Let love be the dominant principle. It becomes so strong at the center of your life that when you come into times of tribulation, and you will, when you come to times of hurricanes and storms, and they'll come, when you come to times of question and doubt, and it will happen, as long as love is the dominant principle in your life, you will get through them all, and you'll stand firm. And the result will be that you still keep your act together. Loving relationships are not a requirement. They're the result of being a born-again child of God. And love validates that new life and it integrates this new life. So as we continue to love, it continues to integrate. And then lastly, love extends our life. Love extends our life. So Peter says, most important of all, you're going to see this so many times in Scripture, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. What does it mean? Love covers a multitude of sins. It means that when you love Jesus Christ and he loves you, he covers up all the sins that you've ever done. First and foremost, he removes the guilt of our sin. He removes the punishment of our sin. And he allows us to be separated from the power of sin in our life so that we are enabled for the first time ever to love one another. It releases you from death and gives you life. And when you receive this love, this is what's amazing, is Jesus doesn't just remove the penalty. He actually gives us back the previous love we have and he gives it with interest. And it changes. Suddenly you go, where did this come from? It's looking into your bank account of love and you go, where did this come from? I had 50 cents in there and now I got a million dollars. And God says, yeah, spend it. But Lord, if I spend it, I won't have any more. I'll replace it. As you give love, as you're involved in that process and, build, and deal with the fear and deal with the concern, as you do that, I will replace everything you gave away and I'll give you more so you can give away more. Because I am the unending reservoir of love. There's no end to it. And I will commit to give to you everything you need. 
And that's why Jesus came. He died on the cross. He stretched out his hands. He said, I love you this much. And he gave everything that he had so that you could begin to experience all that he had experienced. And that's the cry of God. He extends our life. Love covers a multitude of sins. Once I've been forgiven, that power enables me to let other people off the hook. I've had people do things to me you wouldn't believe since I became a Christian. And God enables me to forgive them totally. In fact, in some ways I kind of go, you know, I really deserved it after the fact. I didn't, I, Lord, I didn't love them like I should have. I didn't build the relationship with them that I needed to, to enable us to continue to do what you wanted to do. I failed them and I failed you. But I guarantee you that didn't happen right off the bat. At first, all I felt was anger and bitterness and betrayal. And I thought, how could they do that? To, I'm a pastor. You've got to throw that in periodically. You know, kind of toss it in. How could they do that to me? After all, I'm God's man. Don't they know that God's going to write down on top of them for doing that? <laughs> yeah, you got the idea. I, I was like, I'm praying, God, send down upon them fire. Fire of love, but fire. Burn them. You know, hunk of hunk of burning love. I don't know. You're getting, getting a picture there. And I was like, and, and God began to speak to me. And a month later, Lee, do you remember? But Lord, no, 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 no. Do you want... To continue to experience the life that I called you to? Do you want to continue to grow in love? Do you want to be enabled to do these things? Yes, Lord, then you must love those who have hurt. You must forgive. And you need to move on and recognize that the question is not why me, but why not? Who do I think I am to not receive that stuff? To not have that failure? And that's the change that begins to happen. God gives you the ability to cover over the sins of others. And it's not about me. It's about God. It's about who He is and what He has done. See, love doesn't rub it in. It rubs it out. And that's the mark of love. Love covers over. The Bible said these three things continue forever. Faith, hope, and love. But the grace of these is what? If you want a legacy to last, you want people to remember you, you choose love. Love will always last. People are going to forget all the things you did at work. They're going to forget about all your wealth. They're never going to remember all that you made. They're not going to remember what you gave away. All they'll remember is where you love them. And they'll talk about that and recognize that. Because when you receive love from God, not only do you get the cumulative interest that He gives you, but then when you pass it on, you get the interest as well. It's an amazing thing that takes place. I've met a lot of people as a pastor, their last dying breath, set at their dying place. And they are, their eyes are open and it's their last chance. And what they really want right then is they say, could you please bring all my money and lay it at my feet? Pull my car right in here so I can see it because I love my car. Any of you ever experienced that? It's always, it's always the same thing. A few years ago, my mom died. She's laying on the bed. 
would you please bring everybody with me? And we're all gathered around her, all of her family and her grandkids and everybody else. And that's all she wanted to see. She said, you have no idea how much, how much I love you. And then she went into a coma and she died. Life is about relationships. Don't allow yourself to center anything else in your life but love itself. The only thing that's really important, the only thing that relationships truly require is love. Now let me say this. Sometimes it's hard to know what the loving thing is to do and how to respond. But God will give you an emotional, a mental, a spiritual love for other people and then when you respond, it'll be the right way. And it'll help you understand what it is you need to do. See, God changed you so that you have this phenomenal ability to love, but you have to choose to do it. It doesn't matter how much money you've made. It doesn't matter how famous you are. If your relationships are not loving and developing, then you've just wasted your entire life. You wasted it. That will be the cry when we get done. Everything else is peripheral. God didn't put you on earth for a job. He put you on earth to learn to love. He put relationships next to you with your spouse, with your kids. And he said, your primary job is to love these. And you do whatever you got to do to love them. They're not next place. They're not second place. These are the ones you're called to love. And you put your love and your hobbies, everything else, on the background. And after you've taken care of this, then, then you can work. And then you can handle your hobbies. Then you can go play golfly. But first, you deal with these. And you ask the question, have I been loving? Have I spent time? Have I done this? Ask the person and they'll tell you, yay or nay. That's all you got to do if you're willing and brave enough. They'll say yep or no. And so if they say no, you dig in and you learn exactly what you want to do because there's only two laws in life. First one is that loving relationships are a result, not a requirement. And you have been transformed again so that you can receive love. Okay, I want to close your eyes. I want you to reach to a person that's next to you, anybody that's next to you, and put your, put your hand on their shoulder. Okay, just somebody next to you, put your hand on their shoulder. And I want you to pray this simple prayer for them. So you can repeat after me. It's real easy. Say, God, enable this person to love others. Lord, we desperately need your help. Give it. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to ask our worship team to come up right now, and they're going to pull this kind of time together for us. Uh, you're thinking, Pastor, you're going to go to the second half? No, I'm not. Okay? No, I think you probably got it by now. You probably got a pretty good handle on what it is we're trying to do. I want you to pull out your sheets. You've got that little bulletin. Okay, pull it out. you got a little thing on the side of it. You've torn off. you tear off your sheet yet? Your little connection card? We call that a connections card because it tells us you're connected with us. If you have a prayer request, you need to write it down. If you don't, you need to think more. Okay? What is your prayer request? That's really what we're saying. We've been really nice to you guys. About three quarters of you don't put anything down. I go, bad move. You need help. And if you'll put down these requests, we'll pray for you. And that will enable you to get some help. 
So write down, what is my prayer request? What is it? And it may be today, I need to love my husband more because he's a jerk. Don't put the last part on. And you could do the other one. It could be the other one. I need to love my wife more. And we don't put in any because, just I need to. And we recognize it and say, I need help. Okay? So write it down there and we will pray for you this week and we'll put that in and we'll spend how much time we need to spend and make sure that we cover everybody if your name's on it. There may be an area that you need to be involved in. You say, I want to go to this class or I want to get involved with this Mexico thing. I want... This is your chance to think about it and say, that, that's what I want to do. Okay. And you mark it. You mark it down and say, okay, I'm going to do this. I need to express love in this way, in this manner. The Lord will tell you that. By the way, I did not want to go to Africa. Okay? I did not want to go to Africa. But the Lord was clear to me, you're supposed to go to Africa. So I went, oh, man. And that trip changed me again. And there was a new transformation that God did in my heart, in my life. What does he want for you? Maybe you just have to get a weekend in Mexico and that's all it's going to take for you. I don't know. God knows and he's speaking to you. So there may be something you need to do. And then uh, in a little bit, Justin will direct us and we'll take an offering. We'll kind of close this time. And they're going to spend some time together on a train with food and interacting with one another. And you'll have a chance to show some love one to another. I encourage you, don't just leave. Show some love to some children. Show some love to some youth. Show some love to some adults. Allow God to love through you. Let them know you care about them. All right? Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. You are an incredible God who does wonderful things. And we thank you for the reminder today. I know the people you have given me to love are a gift from you. Ah, Lord, and I thank you so much for my wife. She's so easy to love. And for my children that are a bit harder. But I need to do a better job. So I ask that you'll enable me by your power, by your majesty, by your strength, to do what needs to be done, that they can see your love in and through me. Lord, forgive me for allowing other things to crowd out my life that were not essential And help me to place you first and foremost. I know it's going to mean some sacrifices in my life. I'm going to have to give up some of them. I really wanted to watch that game. Show us what we need to do that we might connect with you and connect with one another. Because you told us over and over. You know, there's only two things that are important in life, Lee. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Enable us. Enable us. Enable us. We asked in Jesus' name. Amen.